Your Honor, permission to approach the bench? If you would kindly turn your attention to Exhibit B, Your Honor, you would see that this is episode 19 of one such actual play D&D podcast known colloquially as Beholding Out for a Hero. Yes, as noted by the prosecution, the very one where the sidetrack is the main track. Permission to play the audio for the court? Granted. Thank you, Your Honor. Playback starting. One, two, three, clap. Oh, I have to get a bingo sheet open. (laughs) So I realized just because I said it right didn't mean I was about to do it in the right order because I was definitely about to go one, two, three, record. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have a bingo card open. Does this already start as the cast references the bingo card? Yeah, that definitely counts. I've elected not to play while having a bingo card open. It's too distracting. I'm too focused on hitting all my points. Mickey has no points, so I am playing. I almost won when I was listening to to, to Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> oh my god, I should play while I'm record while I'm editing. That'd be great. Oh. <laughs> You'll get things that won't even make it to the episode, like train noises. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bold- the of Beholding Out for a Hero. Of Bowling Out for a Hero. I am Nico. Bowling for the soup. The iteration of Bowling for Soup. <laughs> I am Nico, the DM for this campaign. And the session question today is, how did you almost die as a child? For me, it has to be... So it was, this was when I was in kindergarten, I think. And I knew I had asthma. But I didn't tell anyone that I, I had asthma. <laughs> so we're out doing, like, you know, our PE things. And I'm like, I run, like, an eighth of a mile. And I uh, stop being able to breathe. And I'm like, you know, this just happens sometimes. And my teacher is, like, freaking out. And, like, what do we do? And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's this box thing <laughs> that I breathe into. And then it's fine. <laughs> like, my teacher's still flip it out because i'm like wheezing like a whistle but uh yeah it was fine i obviously didn't die that's a great story (laughs) wouldn't your parents have told the school is this too far in the early 90s no no i think the the school knew but my teacher wasn't told specifically because there was the asthma machine that my mom had dropped off like at the front office and it just lived there but um yeah. Normally, if the school knows, they tell the teacher. I don't know. Well, Maybe my teacher was just freaking out because, like, she didn't expect it to actually happen. And it was more of, like, a panic. <laughs> Can I ask an unrelated question? Are they bowling to get soup or on behalf of soup? <laughs> Both. I would say they're trying to get soup. Hey, everyone. I'm John, and I play Patches. <laughs> I'm holding up for a hero. My near-death experience is not nearly as linked to any underlying causes. I just almost got run over by a car one time. <laughs> my parents, we were at a uh, the science center, my local science center, after doing some exciting science activities involving astronomy. And I was running through the car park, as you're not supposed to do as a child. <laughs> my parents were like, stop running, stop running. So I stopped, and I looked at them, and then they went, keep running, keep running. <laughs> and then 
I got bumped over by a car and the person in the car immediately stopped and they were like, is everything okay? And my parents were like, our son just ran behind. It's all, we're all cool. And it all got sorted and everyone was cool about it. Nice. <laughs> and I wow. never ran in a car park again. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like Raina and I should be split up. Sure. Raina, you go. Okay. Hi, I'm Raina. I play jam. And the way I almost died as a child, I spent a lot of time in the water. Um, and we went to the beach in my sixth grade year for like a sixth grade graduation beach party or whatever. And, you know, I was always like a decent swimmer, but <laughs> I ended up like being wiped out by a wave. And then basically got like bombarded time and time and time again and so i was like gulping in seawater and straight up almost drowned in the ocean and sometimes i wonder what did i stop from not dying in the ocean (laughs) you know it's like ooh, maybe that was my destiny and that was meant to happen but here we are and uh you know it's fine everything was cool after that no one noticed and I don't think anyone cared. Oh, but it's cool. <laughs> I care. Thank you. I mean, I kind of just like I got out of the water. I like hacked up a lung, threw up a little bit of seawater. What what year was this? It must have been God, what year? 2008. I don't know that I had the ability to care at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think oh wait, maybe. But anyway, yeah, there we go. Okay, next is Ashley question mark. <laughs> Elaine, did you say you and Raina needed to be split up because yours is also a water based story? Yes. So's mine. Oh. <laughs> so, um, Elaine was waterboarded as a child. Oh, so I almost <laughs> intentionally drowned myself as a kid. Intentionally? Yeah, I was real dumb. Okay, hi, my name's Ashley, and I play Mickey with a double E. And so, (laughs) when I was a kid, my family used to go to the local middle school or high school's, like, indoor swimming pool, because it was open after school hours for public use. You just paid, like, a flat fee and whatever. And um, the nice part about going to a pool in the Midwest is it was indoors and heated, unlike maybe California pools, which are outdoors and maybe heated. But at one point, I think I was like four or five, and we had gotten out of the pool. My mom was like taking a shower, and I, midway through, I guess my shower was like, you know what? I can fucking swim. I definitely know how to swim. Spoil alert. I did not know how to swim yet. So I went back to the pool and curled myself in and immediately started drowning. And a kind stranger had to rescue me. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so, it's classic, you know. <laughs> I tried to murder myself and now I don't like bodies of water. <laughs> well, I guess... Onto the drowning, I almost died as a child. Uh, hi, my name's Elaine. I play Kitty with an IE. My first memory of me being a living human being is also kind of muddy, so part of this is also me remembering what was told to me, rather than just the event itself, but 
I went to either a friend's house or a babysitter's house. I don't remember how I knew the people who lived here because I didn't have a pool, but they had a pool. And apparently I went to their backyard, stepped into the pool. Like I didn't jump in. I like stepped as if I was still walking and then I like dropped into the pool. And what they told me was like I held my nose with one hand and I like had my hand, my other hand up and I did that wiggle, like that body wiggle and I kept going down. (laughs) (laughs) It was my first time in a pool. So obviously I didn't know how to float or swim or anything. So it was either my friend's mom or the babysitter like pulled me out and then was like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I also launched myself into the pool as like a three-year-old and my grandfather had to come in after me. <laughs> Am I the only one who didn't almost drown as a kid in a pool? I didn't almost drown as a kid in a pool. Oh. Well, moving on. <laughs> Ashley, would you be so kind as to do our session summary? Sure. Technically, it's rain as Yeah, week. it's not Ashley. Actually- oh, I missed Too that. late. It's actually now. <laughs> oh, now I'm sweating. Oh, I hate these. <laughs> okay. What happened last session? Well, technically what happened yesterday for us is the fight continued. Patches did really well in his first round and Jem was a little... um. You can say it. <laughs> Lackluster in her first round. So the odds on patches were much better. And, you know, for kicks and giggles, uh, I mean, don't tell him, but I didn't, I didn't bet on him. He'll find out eventually. It's fine. It's fine. They both lost. It was rather tragic. Patches' bodysuit held up remarkably well against multiple fireballs. I'm rather impressed with the construction of it and feel like we should get a hold of whoever tailored it. Just, you know, to create a fire-resistant normal brand of clothing. That is Memphis quality. (laughs) (laughs) Made in sire. (laughs) Gem... Faced a drow, and some things came out that I don't think Geminara meant for them to come out. But we're putting a pin in that conversation because honestly, trying to get any secrets out of Gem is like sticking your hands in a mimic and expecting it not to bite them off. <laughs> so we went to Raskin Bobbins. More lizard folk appeared. As in, it is staffed by a lizard folk, and then another one appeared. And because we didn't have the winnings from the competition, we're thinking maybe we can get him to enchant sales, and then that will be our payment for the ship. But I thought they already had a supplier of enchanted sales, so I'm not sure how this is going to work. And then Patches put his tiny fuzzy pink paw in it and gave Kitty an existential identity crisis. So now Kitty knows she's not human and we're going to figure out what the fallout from that is later. That's what happened. Thank you for your session summary. 
It is currently. Oh, and Izzy was there. Oh. But no one gives a fuck. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> Everyone's favorite NPC. And by everyone, I mean no one. I love her. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just Miki. Miki hates her. <laughs> it is currently nighttime. As you guys all try to find rest in the Wet Eagle, you all are resting. However, Patches, you don't sleep as much as the rest of the party does. Save Jem. I don't know what Jem's doing <laughs> at this point. But you take if your... it's past her four hours, she's journaling about rocks. Yeah, you, um, Patches, have your usual four hours of quiet reflection during the time that everybody sleeps. And after you go about your room cleaning up a little bit, checking in on Lieutenant Sparkles in the makeshift stable that Adrazen has set up. Eventually, you do pass by the lobby, and something about the fireplace draws you in. The warmth seems familiar, like how Mom always had that fire burning in the house since she was always cold. Watching the logs crack and the flames dance along it, your thoughts drift to your friends sleeping upstairs. You toss another log into the fire and watch it char as the flame grows. Sitting here in this quiet moment, you can't explain it, but it fills you with a feeling that everything is going to work out. Determination. <laughs> it's a save point. <laughs> also that night, Miki, you have a dream. Can you please roll me a D100? D100. D-hundo. Why do you think I have that readily available? <laughs> Get your dice as part of our regular check-in of open audacity, open roll 20, open uh, your notes. No, 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 no. I have dice available. It's just, why do you think I have that combination available? It's in a standard set. I know, I had to dig them out of the bag. That is a 61. Seeing that you have a 61, if you would like to roll your your bardic inspiration die to add to it, I will allow you. Get an eight. Get an um, eight. What? Why does she need the bardic inspiration <laughs> Just die? Just if you want. Uh, if you want to use one. You don't have to. Can I roll insight on the DM? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a seven, so that's a 68 total. Oh, Damn it. man. Okay. Oh, I see what you guys are going for. (laughs) (laughs) So close, yet so far. (laughs) Miki, you dream of the makeshift stadium of the crater. Two people sit beside you. Everyone around you are clearly people, but blurred to a point where you can barely distinguish their height. If one of them is Izzy, I'm throwing myself into the pit. (laughs) (laughs) It it could be. You you can't really tell. Everyone's very blurry. In the pit, there are two blurry figures besides a clearly recognizable Patches. Patches points at the Emperor's box, speaking. You don't hear any of it. It's as if it's underwater, distorted. The sound of the stadium and the people around you are also equally distorted and at a very low volume. On the opposite side of the stands from you, near the food stall, emerges a large moose in a late stage of decay. Its once brown fur is covered with green and white funguses. Plants crawl across its neck and its antlers. 
it walks towards the center of the pit in your direction. You hear the clack of hooves on broken concrete and the buzzing of flies louder than any of the murmurs from the crowd. Please roll a perception check for me. Okay. That is a 19. Nice. You see a wood elf woman with tan skin and curly red hair emerge from the emperor's box. She leans on the front rails as she speaks to Patches. While she does this, the moose pauses, chunks of its body falling off and splatting on the concrete to fill the eerie silence. You can see she her image flickers for a moment to something horrid before returning to the wood elf you saw before. Patches reaches up. In his hands, he offers something small and glowing. Without reaching forward, the woman takes it. You see that the moose turns around and leaves. Then you wake up. It is morning. As you all collect yourselves from your various nighttime activities, you notice that Kitty is not in the room. Oh, no. Wait, did she leave in the night? She left early morning. So... Like, I, I, I do think... You saw her Jim, just like, walk out. Yeah, I, it, like, Jim's not going to question her. She's maybe just like a, oh, okay. See ya. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mickey is going to wake up feeling super disoriented. Look around. Realize Kitty's not in the room. And then go, well, where's Kitty? Mm. I don't know. She went on a walk or something. And Jeb's going to go back to journaling. You didn't go with her? I don't. Listen, like, I know I'm her babysitter. Mm -hmm. But, like, sometimes she's just got to be alone. You know? Like, I don't want to watch her take down a full-sized man. It's, like, I watched it once. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. So if I don't have to do that again, I gladly won't. That actually sounds really impressive. It was, have you ever, have you ever watched someone throw a slab of meat into a pond of water with like carnivorous fish? It was kind of like that, but just with one. Oh, that's what you mean by takedown. Yeah. What did you think I meant? Like, wrestle? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But. Yeah, I don't know. She's probably off hunting, it's fine. Patches knocks on the door. Yeah, what's up? Uh, have you guys seen Kitty around? I'm pretty sure she's just on a walk. Oh, okay. Well, I was thinking we should we should go back to Raskin Bobbins. I have a hankering for moose tracks for some reason. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. Patches, if you were going to theoretically give a red-headed wood elf something small and shiny, what would it be? Um, Miki, you know I don't have genitals, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to give a red-headed wood elf something small and shiny... No, I don't get it. 
Are they not shiny? That's what I see in all the drawings. Um, oh, yeah. It would probably be like a coin or a, I could cast light on something. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I know any redheaded wood elves. God of Dreams. Was the shine gold or like a different color? The shine was like as if it was a, a white source. Like a natural white light. What if it was a white shiny thing? I'm not sure the race would change anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I take patches and I throw them out a fucking window. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm screaming from the ground floor. I don't know. <laughs> Jen's going to stick her head out the window and go, do you think maybe it was a marble? That's probably what it was. It was a marble. Yeah. See, there you go. A marble. I want to try and scramble back up the wall. Miki takes a cloak and throws it over him because he's probably <laughs> pink and naked. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can you roll a acrobatics check for me, Patches? <laughs> yeah, sure. Not athletics? No. <laughs> for climbing? Oh, God. What's, what's my acrobatics? I'm sure it's not good. That's a 15. Yeah, that'll be enough to scramble up this wall. You, you're you pretty familiar with this inn. I don't weigh much. <laughs> and the walls. <laughs> you know, on occasion, you need to scramble up walls. I don't, I don't own any glowy things. I had to give them all away when I tried to get through customs. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was a bomb threat or something. Goddamn customs <laughs> takes everything from you. I mean, they also said that about a candle once. I'm starting to think they don't know what a bomb looks like. When have they ever? <laughs> I mean, I guess in D&D, a bomb could really be anything, right? It could be a mimic. <laughs> I think that's, that's the, biggest, the biggest threat here. All right, Miggy drops a kiss on Patches' head and goes, Well, you tried. Thank you. And, like, walks out the door to go downstairs to find breakfast. I'll let you know if I'm going to give anything glowy to any wood elves. Jen's going to chase after Miki and go, hey, wait, but was was the wood elf cute, though? <laughs> <laughs> I could see her clearly, right? You could. Um... Are they hot? She was... She was a straight 10 to me. No, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yes? I thought you didn't go for wood elves. And I point towards a drazen. <laughs> <laughs> Let me amend that. I don't go for wimpy wood elves. But, you know. He's right there. <laughs> he knows what he is. It's fine. A drazen, can I have some breakfast? You're allowed to say no, Adrazen. I suppose you can. <laughs> it is also for the best that Jen is not attracted to you. <laughs> What's that supposed to be? That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I do have a nasty track record, to be fair. I'm attracted to you platonically. To me or to Adrazen? Adrazen. You too, but to Adrazen. I appreciate that, Patches. Yeah, I think you're a great guy. You know, Adrazen, I just, I leaned on the bar, but I'm not quite as tall as the bar, so I'm kind of peeking <laughs> among my tiptoes. You know, Adrazen, 
we 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 raz you a lot, but I gotta say, I really appreciate all that you've done for us, and uh, and I'm proud to call myself a patron of the Wet Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen him yesterday. No, four days ago, he was really trying to sell the Wet Eagle, not like literally, like sell the appeal of it, convince people to come here. I was oh. I wasn't claiming that I owned the deed and was trying to pass it off as my own. I appreciate that, Patches. Speaking of you guys razzing people, I might have a new part-time employee here, and I would appreciate it if you were <laughs> nice to her. I thought he was going to offer us a reward to razz the competitor. <laughs> Same. I thought it was going to be like, okay, I'm sending you after someone. Adrazen, I will do my absolute best. <laughs> That's the low-level bounty work we do. We go and we harass people. Honestly? That's a job you guys would be really good at. <laughs> Let's do it. Adrazen, I will do my absolute best not to razz this person. I cannot promise anything. <laughs> Adrazen, you know me. I'm an angel. I would never do that to anybody. Can I throw a gem out a window? <laughs> Please do. No, no, wait. <laughs> we have to go find... Hey, Adrazen, have you seen Kitty with a naive anywhere? She... Come back while we yeah, were... Yeah, she left uh, early this morning. Didn't say where she was going, and I didn't want to ask. Probably Why not? In case it was to go do crime. Crime-related, yeah. I mean, the less I know, the better, right? Depends. Mm. Are you going to squeal? You know, I would like not to, because, quite frankly, you guys frighten me a lot more than the Sean Watch does, but, you know, I can't guarantee that. See, Adrazen, this is why I like you. <gasps> Adrazen, you think I'm scary? As a collective. Maybe not Aww. you in particular, but... Aww. Who would you say is the scariest? Yeah, I'm just gonna smile at Adrazen. <laughs> there is a right choice. Yeah. And Miki crosses her arms and looks really angry. He looks at all of you guys nervously and says, You know, I think it's in my best interest to not say... Oh, come on, Adrazen. You can tell us we're your friends. Don't be a baby. If you, if you tell me, I promise not to raise you into an employee. Okay, fine. It's probably Kitty with an IE. She would eat me in my sleep. You know, that's fair. See, that's very fair. Jem, mm -hmm. if you're going to kill me, you're at least going to, you know, tell me before you do it. If you had said anyone other than that... Uh, if if you had said Jem or or Miki, I would have been like, "I'm right here. I'm the scary one." But no, you're right. It's Kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you. That's very. Speaking of, we should probably find her before she does a big crime. Okay. Yeah. Well, can I scramble out the door? Yeah. And then ah fuck! Like <laughs> I follow. Can uh, I scramble can I... an egg? <laughs> <laughs> Just real quick before we go. It's going to be hard to do it that fast, but I mean, you're welcome to. <laughs> um, and I'd like to scale the building if I can to get to the roof. Sure. Yeah, roll an acrobatics check. You know, all of a sudden, I'm very nervous to touch these dice. <laughs> <laughs> do tell, Reyna, why? <laughs> because I was betrayed. That's a natural <laughs> <laughs> They could sense yeah. fear. You go outside quickly and run head on into somebody before you can even begin to scramble to the roof. Oh, and you hear 
<laughs> you hear an ow. Oh, hey, I was actually just looking for you guys. Huh? Oh, God. Is it, is it? <laughs> it's Izzy. <laughs> Fucking. She's you don't even have herself. a voice for her, and I know who it is. <laughs> she hear me out. Hear me out. When we crash into each other, is it like a shoujo moment where, like, Izzy ends up, like, dipping me, and then there's, like, flowers everywhere? No. With a nat one, it's not at all graceful. Do one of them end up in the other one's boobs? <laughs> yeah. You, <we laughs> who has a piece of toast in their mouth? <laughs> you guys, it's totally not graceful or you know in any way picturesque you guys slam each other super fucking hard forehead into your shoulder uh your shoulder hurts her face hurts and has like has a red mark on it it's it's a mess you guys are both covered in dirt now but is it romantic <laughs> mickey who is following from behind is like halfway out the door sees this and just turns around and goes back <laughs> inside <laughs> What are you doing in these neck of the woods? And also, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I was just gonna see if you guys wanted to go to the, the, you know, the last day of the, the show. Well, yeah, I think we were talking about doing that, but um, Kitty's missing, so we're trying to find her first. Oh, uh, well, it is in the evening, so you have time. Yeah. So, speaking of, this is what I was gonna do. I guess I can do it just fine from the ground, but... I'm just gonna, like, cup my hands around my mouth and shout at, like, the very top of my lungs. Just, like, full-on bellow. <laughs> yeah. Can you roll a charisma check for me? Sure. What could possibly go wrong? No. We are champions, okay? We're not quitters. We're, no fear. What would Max do? Cero miedo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a 16. Yeah. Kitty, because you are not very far from the wet eagle, I presume, you do hear Jem screaming for your, na your name in the streets somewhere. We probably should have decided before. Jem would know where Kitty's smoking jerking spot is or jerky making spot is and oh. i don't know if that's near here or not <laughs> everyone cross off a lane accidentally makes an innuendo please <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what what area that would be to like not figure out it'd probably be at the edge of town <laughs> it's literally nix's apartment <laughs> <laughs> it'd probably be at the edge of town but i think you where your current district is isn't too far to find like a quiet spot by the edge of town. No, because Kitty has like a setup, right? Because you have to like have a thing to make jerky, mm -hmm. like smoke it. So like she can't just do that anywhere. She's got to go to her spot. Yeah, you have corralled and trapped probably one shady looking alley, so you can smoke your jerky there. <laughs> Can I retroactively say that, like, Kitty and I have, a like, a code word for when she's, you know, I mean, cooking? I mean, I think Kitty would just be like, hey, I'm gonna go smoke some meat. That's true, yeah. <laughs> then, uh, shortly after, if I'm gonna let, like, ten seconds pass, and if I don't hear anything, I'm just gonna yell again at the same volume, Marco! <laughs> Patches runs out he has a big like 
bowl and a whisk, and he's beating an egg. Does he have his armor on? <laughs> he has his Memphis jumpsuit on because it okay. was faster to get on, and the cloak. And he says, are we yelling? I'm good at that. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to use thaumaturgy to make my voice boom up to three, to- three times as loud as normal. <laughs> and release a, a gig- gigundus. Gigundus. <laughs> Kitty! <laughs> I appreciate that. I do kitty with an IE. <laughs> I appreciate John kitty taking with the, an IE. the time to uh, make sure you're not going to peek your mic. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it in the pause. I still did a little. <laughs> but yeah, you do, uh, Kitty, you hear from your secret jerky smoking alley. Patches scream for you. Presumably from very far away. I can't yell that loud. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> squeaky, squeaky, squeak. <laughs> Can I use my magical tinkering to shoot up like a little firework? Sure. Sure. Yeah, we can we can do like a little flare situation. Y'all see a little red dot float up. Actually, roll perception check, you two. Okay. Mickey is crouched in the window, like you see her horns and her hair and her eyes as she is crouched in the window waiting for Izzy to leave. (laughs) Izzy is standing there not leaving. (laughs) And I got a 19. Oh, both of you. Okay, cool. Patches, you can easily spot the, the little red flare as it pops up just beyond some buildings. It's kind of hard to see, but since you guys are both looking out for it, you pointed out to Jem quickly as uh, Jem. You also see the the flare. All right. Quite All right. Do you do you want me to just go after her? It might be you know maybe she's feeling a bit weird about like apparently not being a human being. Um, would you mind if I? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You... How's she taking that? You know, uh, I I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I've never really seen her upset before. So, yeah, would you guys mind if I took this one solo? I'd, I'll go check on her. Absolutely. You you take Izzy. Yeah. I mean, sh- sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're her favorite person. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take Izzy. <laughs> I'm Kitty's favorite person? That's news to me. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are kind of a two peas in the pod, let's say. Hmm. <laughs> I see. I see. Two jerkies in a pack. Yeah. Uh, two two ham hocks and a smoker, you could say. Mm-hmm. Two no. beef strips on a tanning rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patches gets it. Two bodies in a grave. Two cannibals in a brick That cage. too! You know, I love the energy. It's great. I'm gonna just, like, take some toast on the go. Or, yeah. like, a bagel or something. Wait, wait, wait. Check this out. I want... <laughs> Can I... I have a really stupid idea. Can I utilize everyone's favorite spell? I want to use burning smite on my wi- on my um, whisk to, to make to my eggs the egg. to cook the eggs. <laughs> sure. Can you can you roll an Arcana check for me? Is that a thing I could even do? What level? Is it? <laughs> 
I'll there allow a it. Fiery smite. I'm just gonna. Use, oh, searing smite. There it is. Okay, Arcana. Yes. <laughs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> what is it? What is it, John? It's a. Oh, it's a, it's a twelve. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Your eggs are cooked. It's. Can I? Can I, like, do it in such a way where I just use a little bit of magic so maybe I don't use a spell slot? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a price you have to pay. Worth it for the bit. It's, you know, it's not the best scrambled eggs you've ever made, but, you know, you're impressed that you didn't burn these scrambled eggs really, really badly. They're still perfectly edible. They're just regular scrambled eggs. Take this bowl. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not even going to use utensils. I'm just going to use my hands. Oh, do you have any salt and pepper, by the way? Like, these are a little bland. <laughs> Adraisin! <laughs> Adraisin, do you have basic seasoning? Yes, I have basic seasonings, and I also have spices if you want. You're not allowed here. And, and Izzy's like, oh, I was never here. And Max out of the store. <laughs> just some salt and pepper, please. Just like, and I'll just hold the bowl out. <laughs> He uh, put some salt and pepper in your eggs. Okay, I'm just going to stir them with my hand and then hand the whisk back to Patches and like holding the holding the bowl under my arm, I'm just going to like eat it like you would eat a tub of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> just go, all right, I'll be back in a few minutes. I'll put this in the kitchen. How many eggs is it? 16 eggs. <laughs> it's two eggs. <laughs> I didn't want to waste them in case it went horribly wrong. So you and Izzy head over to where the the flare had gone up. Whereabouts. Jem, you having seen the direction that the flare was in, you probably know that Kitty is at her jerky smoking station. Still. I'm just gonna walk. I'll chat with Izzy. Just be like, yeah. Sorry, you know, my fight was super pathetic. So tragic. But, you know... <laughs> If I had known that guns were allowed, I would have asked Kitty to lend me mine. But, you know. Well, I mean, no offense, but, like, you didn't seem much much like a fist fighter anyway, so. Yeah, you know, it's the whole being an elf thing. It's really just, I have noodle arms, and I think I just, I need to eat, like, a protein-only diet, <laughs> you know, and really bulk up. I think that's kind of what I'm learning here. Oh, is that where you're eating the eggs? Yeah, you know, I wish he had made I see, more. I see. I mean, if you want more quality protein, I do run a butchery, so you can have... This is very true, and I'm still pick. not totally sure about the the implications of me using your services, because I'm technically not human, mm -hmm. so it's technically not cannibals. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, I have some plenty, I have plenty of non-humans, if that's what you're looking for. No, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want it to be technically cannibalism? I can make that happen. I mean, no, because I would just love to be a strictly a carnivore. You know, I think that would be really cool. Mm. Back in the Lazar principalities, there is this certain, like, hierarchy, uh, you know, and so there's, like, a food chain, and elves are at the top. You would never believe is it. Is it a literal food chain? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to spin spin her a tale of uh, the made-up 
food chain and the Lazar principalities and start spreading misinformation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She doesn't question it. Gaslight, girl boss, gatekeep. <laughs> By the time you reach Kitty, she's like, so if you ate the elf general, would that make you the most the powerful? Yes. Yes, oh, I would become I see, the I see. You know, that actually keeps things very simple. Easy to follow. Yeah, you know, it was it was a really, it was a simpler time. Everything was so much, oh, hi, Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty's sitting at her smoking station, just like staring at the meat that's on it. And I don't know if it would be like in a bag or some wrapping, but you see Z's logo on some of <laughs> whatever was wrapping the meat. It's probably just wrapped in like plain brown paper. Mm-hmm. Like something to be like, I didn't hunt somebody. I bought it from Izzy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah, it's ethically sourced. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna just scoot up and like crouch next to Kitty and uh, go. Uh, you cooking there? Yeah. Uh, how you doing, kid? Okay. Yeah, insight check. For real, for real. That's gonna be a t- twenty-two. She's sad. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Feels like a waste of a good roll, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta get them all out now, so that when it's important, you can fail. <laughs> yes, as as I am wont to do. You know, is there anything? Like, would you like a screaming cat in the background? I think <laughs> oh, we've been hearing him for a while. I'm so sorry. I warned you guys. He is. It is springtime. He is back on his it's scream o'clock. <laughs> it's scream o'clock. And I told you even earlier. I was like, he's snoozing, which means he's going to be screaming while we record. <laughs> but you know, is there anything I can do for you? Anything I can, you know. You need a soul-searching journey to, like, wherever gnomes live? No. I just miss home right now. Yeah. I'm gonna- I'll sit- I'll sit down. Like, crisscross applesauce next to her. Kitty, like, kinda turns to Jem, but is still, like, looking at the meat. I'll open up my arms and go. You know, you always said- you choose who your family is. Doesn't that mean you can also choose to have a second home, too? Kitty's, like, kind of quiet for a bit. Then she says, Did I t- ever tell you the first thing Aunt Carly taught me when she picked me up was how to make jerky? Before, like, she taught me how to speak or read or write or anything. That's because Carly is just the coolest. <laughs> she told me no matter what happened, whether I could stay or not, she wanted to make sure I was fed. So she taught me how to make meat. I didn't understand what she was saying at the time. But she told me again after she taught me how to, you know, Yeah, how to, how to say speak the language. Yeah. I'm not going home for a while, am I? I mean, we don't know. Uh, you know, you've been sent on this wild goose chase, and I mean, it's a long journey, 
kid. It's, you know, months and months and months. And I... I don't want to just send you out into the wastes alone. But more than that, you know, my life would be real empty without you here. Like, you were my first real friend in Sharn. And... You know, it's selfish of me, but I don't want to let you go, either. You can always come back with me. I don't think, uh... I don't know if I'd belong with Carly's group. <laughs> but maybe if things really start going south here, I'll think about it. <laughs> but it's not about me. It's... It's about you, and... I don't know. I don't... I don't know how to make you feel better, and I can't even imagine, but we can keep sending messages to Carly if you want, and I know it's not the same thing, but it's, you know, at least that's immediate, and uh, maybe we can, you know, get... I don't know, a courier or something, you know, someone who's like an adventurer, someone who has to go to the demon wastes for anything. And, you know, maybe they can send some mail. <laughs> we can tell Carly, start writing your letters now and have them bring back a whole, you know, a whole bag of letters for you. I don't know if it would make it, to be fair. Maybe I should learn how to cast sending myself. We could. That we wouldn't have to spend a bajillion gold every single time. <laughs> Since, you know, they're cheapskates in the city. Mm-hmm. Kitty's gonna turn more fully to Jem. If I'm not human, does that mean I'm also not 18? I... I don't know. I mean, I always thought you looked 18 to me, but I don't... For a long time, I didn't know anything about anybody else. So, I'm not really the person to ask. I thought you were human this whole time. I mean, look at me. <laughs> I'm just as shocked as you are. Yeah. But I guess, you know, what difference does it make if you're 18 or 300 or anything? I mean, if you're older than me, then that will change the dynamics a little bit. <laughs> so as long as you're 169 and under, I think we're fine. You always just be Kitty. It just makes me curious now because... I mean, that Carly picked me up eight years ago, right? So I, I always thought I spent ten years alone. But if I'm not 18... I don't know. I mean, were you this size beforehand, too? Before, before, before you probably picked that. me up. Mm -hmm. Just about. Yeah, I didn't grow too much. And when was the last time you thought you were smaller? I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the passage of time isn't really. How many? Hmm, no, that doesn't work either. <sighs> Things kind of blur together. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Let's just say. And I'm just going to pick this number 
out from thin air. Let's just say you're 69 years old. It's an easy number. Really, you know, has a nice ring to it. Hmm. 69. <laughs> yeah. Because I still think, and maybe it's just like my brain is not adjusting to me not being human because six humans that are 69 are very old, right? Yeah, but they're also huge nerds, and you're not a huge nerd. What's a nerd? Um, so you know a Drayson? Uh-huh. <laughs> He's a nerd. Oh, uh, okay. And, uh, let me see. Who else do we know? Um, uh, Izzy, right? And I point to her behind me. Izzy's not a nerd. Because she's cool. Oh, okay. I was going to punch you if you called me a nerd. <laughs> <She> was, <laughs> Izzy this whole time has kind of been awkwardly idling by, like, the, the entrance of this alley. Oh, Izzy. Thanks for the meat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, like, wave at the, the smoker. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I figured I should, you know, give you something to say sorry for this whole ordeal. The existential crisis, yeah. Do you have any guess as to how old she might be? The 69 sound right to you? Sure. Yeah, there we go. So we're all agreed. Okay. And you know, it's going to be a weird, long journey. But we have each other. And you have Catches and Miki and Izzy, who, you know, I'm sure is going to be joining our group here in just a few minutes. Because Miki, I mean, I don't know, Miki can't even, like, be in the same room as Izzy. Like, I think Miki's crushing, I'm gonna be honest. Oh, you think Uh so? Yeah, I'm really (laughs) getting the vibe. (laughs) And with that, let's go ahead and take a break here. (laughs) We'll be back after this intermission. In a world created by a dream, there lives a place of forgotten evil. Long fallen into obscurity and legend, a fortress swallowed by the earth beckons four heroes with the promise of a mythic apple said to possess the power of healing any ailment. A tabaxi searches for faith, guided by the playful paw of their goddess on their first adventure. A bard searching for hope, haunted by the fallen ruler of an ancient evil that stole them from their muse. A turtle searching for truth, fighting against injustice but plagued by doubt. And a goblin searching for self, escaping his grief by shaking hands with a malicious archfey. A story of overcoming fear in the face of adversities. Join the Storyteller's Tavern as they descend into the sunless citadel and summon light that vanquishes the darkness within the fortress's tortured halls. Welcome back from intermission. None of our gigs will make sense because we'll be cutting all of that out. (laughs) We're going to pick up with Hatches and Miki, back at the Wet Eagle. So, uh, what's up with the uh, Wood Elf? Hmm? You were talking about the, the Wood Elf and me giving something. Mm-hmm. Like, where? Well, 
It probably wouldn't happen in real life. I think. But she was a very pretty wood elf. Just absolutely gorgeous. Like something out of a dream, you know? Well, it was. Well, it was. You're not wrong, no. Um, and Miki's gonna, like, grab his hand and be like, and it looks like Gem and Izzy are gone. So now we're off. And I pull him out the door. Where are we, wait, where are we going? Well, we are going to ask uh, a god some questions or whatever representative on this plane that he sees fit. And then we are going to give another god a gift. Just because. All right, let's do it. All right, D&D god, where do I find <laughs> Balinor's temple? Yeah, I would say since you spend a lot of time in Dragon Eyes or in the Firelight District, player's choice, you can find a temple that has both of the gods you're looking for that is uh, in one of those districts. I think we're going to find... What were my options? Dragon Eyes and, and Firelight. Firelight? Yeah. We'll try Firelight today because we haven't really gone there recently. Sure. Yeah. You are also familiar with the Firelight District and you know exactly what temple you're going to as you easily navigate it and navigate to this temple. It is how you remember it, not too populated with the main five of the sovereign prominently displayed in their own statue and small area of worship in front of it. You know that in the back gardens, there is a smaller, like purposefully horticultured, what's the word? Landscape? <laughs> yes, landscaped. Thank you. Landscaped it to look nice. Hort and there are the... <laughs> Damn, this the shit two. is horticultured as hell. <laughs> <laughs> the two deities, unlabeled kind of pedestals, are facing each other in this backyard area. On one pedestal, there is a small statue of a tree, and it is bare. And there are, are like, um, in the statue, there's a bunch of fallen leaves at its root. At the other statue, at the other pedestal, there is a statue of a coyote wearing a mask, and it carries a large bag. You would know that this statue is for the Traveler, and the other statue of the tree is for Balinor. First, I drag patches to some shops because I need to pick up some offerings. So I definitely pick up a few candles, and you can just do cash. I... Gods love cash. <laughs> Credit's better. <laughs> if I see like a a really nice arrow, like a really nice handcrafted arrow, I want to pick that up. And then a sprig of white lilies. Yeah. You can pro probably get all those for five gold if you're looking for like really nice things. If you're if you just want that one arrow to be really nice and everything else is just like whatever is cheap and convenient, 
you can go ahead and mark off one gold and seven silver. All right, I'll get nice things of all of them. And then I drag patches to the firelight district and the temple. And as we're walking, I'm pointing out like places I've told fortunes at, places I'm not allowed to tell fortunes at anymore, <laughs> friends I've made, friends, people who don't want me there and don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> and just like, like all my years of coming in and out of Shard and the Firelight District, I'm kind of catching him up. Yeah, when you get to the temple, the temple itself has a, a couple of people in it, but the back area with the two unlabeled pedestals is empty. So I take one votive and I light it and I put it like on the pedestal in front of Balinor's shrine. And I also put the really nice arrow there. And I guess like Miki wouldn't feel self-conscious if Patches was there versus like anyone else. So she's kneeling in front of it and just like closing her eyes and putting her hands together and really trying to think about the dream and what she remembers and she'll sit there for you know uh like five minutes keeping this dream in her head and seeing if there is like a a wind that passes by or a scent that comes on like through the air or something and if there isn't then she'll turn to the traveler's pedestal and put the lilies and also light a candle there. How long are you spending at Balinor's trying to get an answer? About five minutes. Can you roll a d100 for me again? That is a 71. 71. Okay. You keep your dream in mind and wait and think about it. Um, but there is no obvious immediate reaction to you. As you move over to the traveler's pedestal, are you thinking about the same thing? No, at this point, I give one of the lilies to Patches and nudge him and I go I know you're not the most religious but if you want to put a flower down for our friends and in I in my mind everyone at the circus like irrev oh boy <laughs> irreverentially revered the traveler so he was like he was the patron god of the circus but he he wasn't taken seriously either mm -hmm. yeah in, in a very glib kind of way that sounds about right so for the traveler she's not thinking about the dream at all she's thinking about her past and her friends and putting down the flowers uh before gesturing to Patches that they can leave. Patches, he also puts down a flower, and he also puts down, like, a small little stuffed bunny that he made for... In front of the, the Traveler's altar? Yeah, for... Um, okay. I, well, I guess, actually, it would make more sense. He'll, he does that one for the God of 
the god of death mm-hmm. and just says sort of a, a quiet prayer that amounts to um, a look after her for me. As you guys stand up to leave, you do notice that a, a breeze blows by and both of your candles go out. Is that good? Is, uh, is that good? I don't know. <laughs> you never know with these things. <laughs> they never just appear and tell you, good job. Says the psychic. They just, they just do these things. Is there a priest we could ask? Do they have a service desk here? Not for these gods, no. I... Maybe there was? And she'll... She will cast her... Tales from Beyond. To Mm -hmm. see whether or not... There's like a dead priest for either of these gods. That's just hanging around in the afterlife, serving the god of the dead as the dead. Who knows? Can you roll a... Roll another D100, sure. <laughs> You're getting the use out of them today. <laughs> I know. Usually they just get rolled for how hot someone is. That's a 33. You are unable to find any spirits of... There are dead spirits here that are willing to talk to you, although none of them seem to be priests or otherwise religious experts. Um, Do you ask them things anyway? Yeah, I mean, I've expended this use, so I'll turn to, like, the the closest ghost and I'll ask, do you know what the candles going out means? Hmm. Well, it could be a sign that you have been heard. Uh, it could have been just a coincidence. Uh, I mean, it, it could be a lot of things. The, these gods don't tend to really act in direct ways, but also some say that these gods don't really act at all. They just, uh, you know, have, have their own business that they attend to, but they don't really interact as much with their their patrons as, as much as some of the other gods do. Or at least that's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. That's what I also know of them. Did you worship them in life? No, I was uh, I more worshipped Alandra, you know. She just, she had the right vibe. She does have a very kind mothering vibe. I can see why most people would go to her part of the temple. Do you have any unfinished business I could do for you? Hmm. Well, I really would like to know what actually killed me. I don't remember. Oh, boy. Now I regret asking the question. (laughs) As I look at this ghost, are there any physical indications of what killed them? What'd they they say? What do they want? You know that with most ghosts, they appear as they see themselves, which is not necessarily accurate to how they look um, or how they looked in life. So they look uninjured. (laughs) You don't know. If you want to do this, but save some time, you can spend the rest of your day trying to help this ghost figure out how they died.
there's a fantasy Cinnabon down the street. Maybe it was like a stroke <laughs> or like a heart attack from eating too much. <laughs> diabetes, fantasy diabetes. <laughs> I I turn to Patches and I ask him, do you think Kitty and Jem need us today? Do you want to do ghost things with me? You haven't done ghost things with me in a while. Yeah, let's do some ghost things. Just just as long as we make it to the arena. Oh, we're seeing the... Oh, yes, we are seeing the last one. Okay, let's do this for a while. Then we'll drop by the inn and see if Kitty and Jem have come back. And then we'll walk over the arena. Sounds good to me. And fade to black. Everyone Wait, eventually... Wait, what was their name? <laughs> <laughs> were they hot? This were is... A ghost I had made up on the spot and that I will not remember. I am not naming this ghost. How'd they die? <laughs> His name is Jam. If you were going to cut to the fight, I I want to do something real, real quick. Yeah. We can exposition it. We don't have to like, sorry, not exposition. We can, I could just say what I wanted to do. Yeah. Tell me what you want to do. When Kitty and Jem went back to the inn and Miki and Patches were gone, Kitty would have been like, oh, great. I need to find a blacksmith and maybe a puppeteer. Huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you wanted to come with me, sure. I also need to find a flower shop. So, <laughs> so I guess yeah, we'll we'll go shopping a little bit. I'm gonna find a blacksmith and tell them what I requested from you, Nico. I can keep it hidden until it's done. Yeah, I mean, you knew the blacksmith down in the cogs that would was telling you that um, he would look into the sales. Mm-hmm. So you can go to that blacksmith if you want. Yeah. And I'll tell I'll tell him what I want and then get a price estimate. So tell me what you want. What really you really want. want. So tell me. I'll keep hidden until it's done and ready. Yeah. Really, really, really. Yeah, he gives you a price estimate and says that you can pay. <laughs> That's going to sync up so well. <laughs> I stopped singing. I don't know any more of the lyrics. If you want to be my lover, you gotta get with me. That's a very topical. There's your there's your choice for Jen's song, guys. Everyone can go ahead and mark off the cast sings. Badly. <laughs> but yeah, he's he tells you that you can pay. I, the DM, don't have a price for you, but he tells you the price and tells you that you can pay when he's done with it and yeah. you pick it up. Sweet. And then I'm going to go find a puppeteer and give them my second request and see if they can do it. I would say that you don't, off the top of your head, know a puppeteer. Do I? <laughs> um, Just as a thought. Or a costume maker? <laughs> I don't think you, you would quite frequent those as well. Uh, you can go ahead and roll a d20 for me and see if you can find one. Can I give her advantage? Because I mean, I've, I would know where a tailor is, right? Or seamstress? Yeah, a, a costumer, like, or you would know where tailors are, but, like, specifically, like, a costume specialist or Ooh, a prop I? specialist I or a puppet specialist, you wouldn't necessarily know. Miki, you would, but you're not there. <laughs> Boo-hoo. <laughs> 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 hidden knowledge. Miki and her circus connections. Do I also roll or does um, Kitty get advantage? Uh, you can... Yeah, you can roll at advantage. Yeah. Just a straight d20, nothing added. Yeah. 15 was the higher one. 15? Yeah. Okay. Whichever I think would be cheaper. 
because I don't have that much money anymore. <laughs> Pay the artist a living wage. Listen, I don't have money. <laughs> she eats dirt for a living. <laughs> Leave her alone. <laughs> a costumer would probably be cheaper, although the blacksmith is mo the more expensive of the two. So if you want, you can pay for the costume now and then oh but you wanted it to be special to be fair it doesn't have to be like completely articulate as long as it like moves a little bit it's fine hello okay how how much are you willing to pay will determine how how good of a result you get 20 gold over both 20 gold over both I'm gonna say if you get if you pay fifteen gold to the costumer, you're gonna get a pretty good result. Okay. Um, and then for the blacksmith, the blacksmith will do it for ten gold pieces. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Uh, do do they have an estimate on when it'll be done? <laughs> when you go to the blacksmith, he's like, "Would you rather I do this first or?" continue finding out about the sales ah uh, he's a five <laughs> i would prefer this done first but the group would probably want the sales he stares at you blankly so should i do this first or the sales how long will it take you to do this if you got started on it right away at least two days Maybe two and a half. Do the sales first. Okay. Sounds good. All right. And so, so that was 25 total. I'll just remove it now so I don't forget. Cool. And the costumer estimates that it will take four days. Okay. I hope you've got four days of content for us to get through, Nico. <laughs> I just wanted to go to a flower shop. Sure. We, yeah. Like, right as we're heading to the arena. Sure. And I'm going to buy the biggest, gaudiest, most god-awful, embarrassing bouquet of roses they have. <laughs> mm -hmm. And... If they have an option for a card, I'm gonna I'm gonna write for my from your biggest fan XOXO with like lots of hearts and like arrows going through the hearts and like just make it real sappy and gross. Uh huh. And then, in addition to that, I'm also going to buy a single flower, if possible. Yeah. Of. One of the ones that looks the closest, because I know they probably don't have it because this is not Aranel, but one of the ones that is closest <laughs> to what they had on Aranel the night that Karis confessed. And I'm going to ask for a piece of ribbon as well. Uh -huh. And write the line that I remembered the best of his serenade on the ribbon on one side just like a single line okay. and on the back i'm just going to write in elvish find me nice okay yeah that's gonna cost you about 
Um, we'll say four silver. Four silver, okay. Okay, and that's it for me. I'm going to fast forward to you guys meeting up at the arena. <laughs> Just for sake of Brevity. <laughs> fast narrative. Yeah. So you guys get the, uh, I didn't mention this either, but <laughs> Izzy tells you where the uh, final day of this competition will be because it was mentioned that it will be held somewhere else. And you guys all navigate to this new space and find that it is still in the district of the Fallen. However, it's in a different area that seems to be... You can easily tell you're approaching the right right area because there is what seems to be a couple of blocks that are bordered with a large, obviously magical, magenta, sparkly border. <laughs> Quick question, Nico. Do we meet up with Patches and Nikki before heading to the arena? Because otherwise they're not going to know where to go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying before. Okay. I'm going to we're going to retcon to where Izzy told everyone individually cool. okay. and it. everyone agreed to meet up at the correct time at the arena. Okay, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, no worries. We've entered a magical clays. <laughs> Ooh, let's get our ears pierced yes, at, at Claire's <laughs> and there is an obvious break in the barrier as a lot of people are going in and out of that area when you guys do see each other at the entrance y'all get together but are shuffled in uh, with the rest of the crowd as uh, as you walk into this area there seems to be it's like a couple of city blocks that are ruined and a lot of people seem to be going up to a specific building and finding their seats at the destroyed third floor that is open to the air um there is no roof on this floor but there are some makeshift benches set up this is mostly gives you a good view of most of this area that's magically fenced off you are a little far from the ground so, not recommended to jump or anything. Okay, noted. <laughs> or toss your uh, team member down out a window. Yeah. And Patches, as soon as you show up to the main audience seating area, they seem to go a little feral as <laughs> everyone begins chanting the Memphis Menace and how, you know, it wasn't a fair fight. Ooh. And Aww. there's a lot of shouts as to demanding a rematch for the Memphis Menace. yes! <laughs> you see, there are a couple of people who even have clothes that say the Memphis Menace on it. <laughs> it's seemingly quickly made yesterday. <laughs> the Emperor's Box has moved to an adjacent building that is a shorter building, but slightly more central to where the main audience is sitting. It's, um on the second story of a similarly destroyed building and it is similarly curtained as it was before if you all squint at it real hard there there is a the same two couches that have been moved from the previous arena into this one i just want to um like stand up 
and get all the Memphis heads' attention. And, um, <laughs> the meth heads. <laughs> the meth heads. The meth heads. The men falls and um, just like say, I'll, I'll thumbaturge my voice to be a little louder so that they can hear me over the murmur, uh, and just say, "Thank you all for all your support." If I get a chance, I'd love to get that rematch in. But for now, let's all enjoy the show. I'm gonna, like, underneath Patches, like, I'll hide behind the two shorties of the group, but I'd just go, if you want a rematch, say I! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They quiet down to listen to you, Patches. But then after Jim shouts that, <laughs> there's a resounding eye through the crowd that rings <laughs> and is very easily heard. And some of the guards and staff are like, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll see what we can do. Yay! Yeah. And they step off, and that seems to appease the crowd. <laughs> As the, some people come up to you, Patches, and, and tell you, um, how it was such a great fight and you know it really wasn't fair that that other lady was was cheating they're just sure of it <laughs> <laughs> i i say to everyone nah she won fair and square uh it was a it was a rough it was a rough matchup it wasn't the most honorable fight between you and me but it was a good one there's a a, a short line of people waiting to talk to patches i don't know if the rest of you guys (laughs) while all this is happening i'm gonna just go i'm gonna go get a get a bowl of i'm gonna see if they have rat soup again or if it's a new soup today yeah and i'm gonna you know take my flowers with me but um i'm gonna slip out and i'm gonna is there like a you know a table dedicated to like oh, you know, here's for fan gifts or anything like that, or do I have to, like, hunt someone down to go (laughs) deliver these? (laughs) It doesn't look like it, but you do know that there is a the same soup vendor who is on the second story that has worse seats, but there are some people sitting there as well. And um, you can get a a bowl of it's not labeled or anything, but if you ask, it's pigeon stew. No, 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 I'm not interested in the soup, actually. Okay. <laughs> I lied. You know, as I do. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to I'm trying to find a place to deliver the flowers to Lee. Yeah. The problem with that is Miki one really wanted soup. And two wanted to ask you what was up with the flowers. <laughs> oh. So if you say, Oh, I'm going for a rat stew, Miki's like, Oh, I'll come with you. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, by all means. That's fine. But also, what's up with the flowers? Oh, you know, like I was thinking, so like while all all you guys except for Patches were sleeping last night, I was just kind of thinking like, man, I'd really love to get back at her. But, you know, at the one who like handed me my ass on a silver platter. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I could jeer or I could become her biggest fan, which would probably throw her for a bigger loop. So that's exactly what I'm doing. Is everything you do calculated to cause the most psychological torture? Usually. (laughs) It is my job for a long time. It still kind of is my job. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, you know. Yeah. It's just fun. 
and you know we go back a ways <laughs> a wise <laughs> because that accent just came out of nowhere did you know her from your hometown uh yeah i mean like it's kind of like in passing sort of deal we met on the principalities it's a you know as with everything it's a long story but you know a little bit of bad blood between me and the family so yeah you looking around for a place to leave gifts for previous contestants and uh if you ask around for it too you think you're fairly certain that there is no point of contact between the contestants and the fans the staff or yeah or the audience um beyond who is here today and if you ask for her the staff tells you that she hasn't shown up today. She's not here yet? When does the fight start? Are we, like, super early? No, the fight is starting soon. Um... There is a quick announcement as you hear, the fight will start momentarily, but first, we welcome the Memphis Menace back, and the crowd oh. goes fucking buck wild. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm just gonna... I'll hold on to the, the bouquet for now, but I'm gonna find the nearest, yeah. like, staff member, and I'm gonna hand them the single flower. Uh, and I'm gonna say, when the air gets here, make sure they get this. And I'll pass them a gold with it. They They nod and keep an eye out for her. Going back a little bit, as Jem mm-hmm. and Miki were leaving, Kitty was organizing the line of people who wanted a meet and greet with the Memphis Menace <laughs> and is charging them for an auto- autograph session. It's so good. Yeah. Make sure they pay up, okay? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kitty will have asked Patches how much he wants to charge for his autograph first. Yeah, Patches, how much you charge for your autograph? I mean, we can't go too high. We're, we're just local legend right now. We'll go like a silver piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think a silver's low though. They're they're like five silver. Like, yeah, Hit, yeah, five, go for five. Sil- five silver. Yeah, five silver for yeah. an autograph with the Memphis Menace. Gem's ghost <laughs> said it in my head. Gem's <laughs> spirit body. Yeah, you collect a total of twenty five silver for Patch's autographs before he gets called to the stage. <laughs> and I do specify that the single flower is meant to go to Karis. Not Lee, in case that was, like, unclear. (laughs) Yeah. They don't know who you're talking about, but they're like, okay, fancy drow air, you got it. Or you could just hold it up, even, in the Emperor's box. I don't care. They'll know. (laughs) (laughs) And when you say in the Emperor's box, the staff kind of looks confused, but nods. I'll give them a second second gold. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. They're like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anything you want, boss. <laughs> the split, I'm giving Patches 15 silver and I'm taking 10. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's fair. Great man, great managerial <laughs> skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jam, wait, so Jam only gave away one flower, right? Yeah, because I, ha- I still have the bouquet. Since Lee's not here yet. Can I have one of the flowers? Sure. There's like a bajillion. Yeah. I try to pick the prettiest one. And then I'll like tuck it behind a horn. Patches, you go there and you see a strange insectoid-like humanoid. And the 
familiar tiefling woman who seems a little agitated as contestant number 12, who's supposed to be here, isn't yet. So, upon you being led to this room, she's, she says, Thank God we have another competitor. You two ready? Well, ready for what? I haven't been briefed. Oh, they'll tell you when you get that when you get out there. Just stay within the bounds. <laughs> right. right. We didn't get to cast any buffs on him. Fuck. <laughs> how how oh, no. far? How how big is this arena? Uh, it, it's it's fairly large. Like it's at least I want to say eighty feet on one side. Okay. Uh, and probably a little longer in the other direction. Okay. If if it comes down to it, I'll go, give me your money and your bets and I'll go play some for you. I'm the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> the goblin who was taking bets last time goes around the crowd and says that you can bet on number six or number 14. For now, number you can bet on number 12, although 12 might be a no-show, so... If 12 is a no-show, you're going to get your money back. Oh, that's but nice. But you're not going to win anything. Uh, well, 5 on 14. 10 on 14. Out of some misplaced feeling of guilt. Um, I'll, <laughs> put, I'll put 5 on 14. Also, Kitty wants to buy some soup for Miki with the, the new money she has from selling Patches' autograph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot how much I made the soup, like three copper pieces, probably. Something yeah, probably. Yeah, it's pigeon today. Ooh, pigeon stew. Okay. To to your liking, Kitty. It is significantly less spiced today. Nice. One for me. One for Miki. Gem, do you want one? Heck yeah. Does it come in a bread there bowl? It can. <sighs> bread bowl it up. Same price. Delicious. I'll just take off one silver. While we're eating. Miki nudges Kitty and goes, Hey. Hi. How are you feeling? Okay. Okay, that's good. And I'll, like, drop a kiss on her head, because I don't know how emotions work. <laughs> don't worry. If you smile a lot, it'll stop hurting after a while. Ooh, oh. I don't like that. No, I ooh, and she like now she'll Miki will put her bread bowl to one side and pick up Kitty and like sit her in her lap and hug her and be like, mm, we're gonna have to have a talk later after Patches doesn't die. Oh, hey, look, the the fight's starting. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the uh, contestants are announced. Patches, you see Lee run in there at the last minute. <gasps> I fucking forgot that there was this was at a new place. Uh, <laughs> oh, legend! <laughs> as uh, the tiefling woman is like, "All right, we're starting," and number twelve, or yeah, mm-hmm. number twelve is announced, and she walks out into the center of the arena, somewhere between the new emperor's box and the main audience seating. Number six is going out after. Followed by uh, the Memphis Menace by name and not number. <laughs> <laughs> Which the crowd seems to go wild for. Menace, yeah. Before we go out, menace, menace. I want to nudge the tiefling woman and be like, that was a killer fireball. This is like the MC, right? Oh, you mean from last round? Wasn't well, that number tiefling. six? Oh, different tiefling? Yeah. No, she's she's the one who is telling you guys the instructions to 
Oh, my bad, my yeah. bad. Did, did Fireball Lady make it? No. No, Fireball Oof. Lady did not make it. <laughs> I tell her that in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, magical tinkering. The banner's up again. Heck yeah! yeah. <laughs> you see that uh, amongst the crowd, some people have brought their own Memphis Menace signs. <laughs> Despite him not being listed as an official competitor yet. <laughs> you guys are brought to before the similar referee-looking guard as a different guard brings out a a figure who is blindfolded and has her hands bound behind her, her back. She is pushed to kneel in front of you as the the second guard says, first to kill and bring back this elf will win. <gasps> now wait a damn minute. Is she a redhead? Uh... No. She is dressed in what was probably once nice looking clothes, but they are layered robes that have intricately woven patterns, but they are caked in dirt and torn in places. She has medium-long brown hair that is currently a little bit wild, and has bangs that are covering her face. They throw her wooden staff that has swirled engravings and a carved flower on one end with a grey stone inset onto the floor beside her. Can I get like a list of crimes or the guard says that's none of your concern as he clamps a heavy looking metal cuff onto her wrist that glows bright with a series of runes before returning to looking like a plain metal cuff they cut the ropes on her wrists and pull off her blindfold and she squints at the torchlight before taking in her surroundings she eyes the guards and then also you guys. Do we recognize her or like her staff or anything? Yeah, do I? Re- I would also like to. None of this seems familiar to you. Okay. Uh, she is a young adult wood elf woman who. She's a six. Yeah, hold on. Let me. Did you roll <laughs> you with advantage? Can't roll for a prison. That's so weird. <laughs> I got a ten. I got an eight. <laughs> <laughs> But she doesn't look familiar to any of you. Her eyes flicker to her staff as she, without turning her back to the guards, picks it up slowly. She says, quietly, staring up at the Emperor's box, I will not go without a fight. From the Emperor's box, you hear a a woman's voice. That's the spirit! And another woman's voice. You really don't stand a chance, you know that, right? Uh, followed by a separate voice laughing. Do we recognize any of the voices? Do I? You do not recognize any of those voices. Uh, I thought the first one would have been that lady from the party. Nope. Mm. Different lady. But I don't recognize them either? Nope. Mm. She stands up, staff in hand, and backs up slowly, eyeing all of you nervously, before she disappears behind the nearest building fragment and the guard who was originally there says you may begin and i think that's what we're gonna pick up next time Uh (laughs) Uh...
Now, as the court has just witnessed, that was episode 19 of the passion project known as Beholding Out for a Hero. Your Honor, more information about this project can be found on their Instagram page, Beholding Out for a Hero, all one word the court will note, or their Twitter page, at Bofa Podcast. I will also state for the record that if the court enjoyed this episode, they are advised to like, rate, and or comment on it. This very testimony is possible due to the diligence of the Wizards of the Coast for creating the framework of Dungeons & Dragons 5e, as well as a Mr. Keith Baker for creating the world of Eberron. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I implore you to wait two weeks for further testimony regarding this case, as will be seen in episode 20. That is all, Your Honor. Anyway, Your Honor, thank you so much for the testimony. Oh my god, thanks. Okay, bye.